Welcome to Only in Staten, the first podcast created at Staten Island University Hospital. I'm Danielle Langan, the current medical education fellow here at Staten Island. Today we're going to be talking about a really exciting topic, ECMO, better known as extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. Have you ever had one of those cases where it's a critical care case, you really don't know what to do next and you just feel stuck? Well, ECMO is that exact thing where you have to think out of the box and be creative in order to save a life. And here today to talk more about this is one of our APDs, Dr. Shruk Hassan. Welcome, Shruk. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. We're so happy to have you. I actually heard that you had a very interesting case about ECMO, and I would love to hear more about it. We were at the community center at Staten Island University Hospital. It was just me and a mid-level, your typical busy shift. Then they roll in a young patient, history of heroin abuse, known to come in before after overdosing on heroin. But this was different than his other visits because despite Narcan and other extensive resuscitation efforts, the patient persisted in acute hypoxic respiratory failure and was in refractory ARDS. He needed ECMO or was not going to survive. We needed to think about this intervention. We needed to advocate for this. We needed to figure out how to get this done. And so our team got our emergency department to go on diversion and get ECMO done at the bedside. The patient returned weeks later, pizza in his hands, because you can't be from Staten Island without knowing where the best pizza is, and thanked everyone. Wow, that's such an inspirational story. And who doesn't love pizza from Staten Island? So, Sharuk, is there anything you would suggest doing before the ECMO team arrives? As you resuscitate the patient, just remember to keep the femoral veins available for access. They require less skill for cannulation. This access is fast and simple. All right, let's get into the different types of ECMO. So we have VA ECMO and VV ECMO. What are some of the differences? Let's make this simple. When I think about VV ECMO, I think about a patient that needs respiratory support. When I think about VA ECMO, I think about a patient that needs cardiac support. Okay, so this patient that we were talking about, we use VV ECMO? Absolutely. So just remember, VV ECMO, the heart's still responsible for circulating the oxygenated blood. The lungs aren't working. VA ECMO, you need the cardiac support in addition to respiratory support. So what other situations in the emergency department should we be thinking about initiating ECMO? The thing about ECMO is you need to realize that it's life support for those who have increased mortality. It allows you to have time for the patient to heal naturally, a reversible cause, or buy time for like an implant device or a transplant. So basically, ECMO functions as a bridge. Exactly. Let's break it down again into VV ECMO and VA ECMO. The reasons for VV ECMO would be your hypoxic respiratory failure, your hypercapnic respiratory failure, despite all the measures that you took to help those patients, or someone who is a bridge to a lung transplant. For your VA ECMO, it's going to be your patient who's in refractory cardiogenic shock, so two inotropes and or a cardiac device, someone in refractory cardiac arrest, no ROSC after 10 minutes, for instance or a bridge to a device or transplant. You start to get the theme. I really like the way that you broke this down between VA and VV ECMO because it really helps you remember when you're going to initiate ECMO. 
Shrew, can you tell our listeners some contraindications to initiating ECMO? Some of the contraindications are going to be advanced age, severe neurological dysfunction, someone who has significant comorbidities, so renal failure, metastatic cancer, cirrhosis, and your multi-organ failure, non-reversible causes. And something else to think about is any patient that isn't going to be able to be on anticoagulation, as these patients typically require anticoagulation. That was an excellent summary. Any final thoughts, Shrook? Just remember, if you think about an intervention like ECMO, you'll end up doing it. So I heard recently there was another case of another young patient who came in with fulminant myocarditis, and the team knew to actually initiate ECMO when it was done, and the patient walked out of the hospital. And I truly believe that that's because of this initial case and your efforts the first time around. They did an absolutely amazing job at saving this patient's life. I'm so glad that our teams are starting to think of life-saving interventions like ECMO, that we have the support here to help, and that there are options for life support while the patient heals. I love that. Being creative and thinking outside the box can go a really long way, and that's just shown here. Shrook, thank you so much for sharing that inspirational story. I can't wait for our next podcast. Thank you again for having me. This was great. Till next time, only in Staten.